I employed my own financial advisor on the side to look at the numbers. Uh, I wasn't being sneaky in any way. It's just that it's a very emotional time. And numbers like that can be very daunting. So it was really meant a lot to me to have my own advisor looking at the numbers. Because when I signed on that dotted line, and it was a complicated settlement. When I signed on that dotted line, I felt completely confident because somebody had my back. Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast, where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis. Welcome to Financially Ever After. I am your host, Stacey Francis. And today we are talking with a expert about finding your ideal financial advisor. Deborah Nason is a business journalist and she's covered this area for the last two decades. She writes for Investment News, CNBC.com, as well as many other organizations in the investment industry. Throughout her decades of experience, she's come to realize that people of all income levels are not getting the financial advice and guidance about what they need and set out to change that. She wrote a fantastic book that we'll give you a link to called The People's Guide to Finding the Right Financial Advisor. And make sure you stay to the end where she offers another resource for you along your journey of finding that ideal financial advisor. In addition, Deborah shares that you don't have to be a multimillionaire to work with an advisor and give some very important resources for individuals, whether they have a dollar in their pocket or they don't, including quite a few fantastic pro bono resources. So I'm so happy that you are here listening about finding that right financial advisor and making sure you're on the right financial foot. Deborah, I'm so happy that you are here and you bring a unique focus, a kind of a unique angle as we talk about finding the right financial advisor for you or reevaluating if the person you're working with is the right advisor because you are not an advisor. I mean, although you have more designations than anyone can imagine and could easily be one, you're a journalist and you write for investment news, cnbc.com, the financial advisor hub. So It's wonderful because you work with a lot of advisors, but also you work with a lot of consumers and educating them. So I'm just so happy because you're bringing an unbiased opinion to what we're talking about, which is how to get on the right path and find the right team member to do that. Have you always been interested in this and particularly journalism? Well, thank you. And thank you for your kind words. And I feel very honored to do what I'm doing because of your listenership and the fact that I, I am a very happily divorced woman, I'd like to tell you a little bit about how, how I got here. 
and how I got into journalism and to the investment industry. So I had wanted to leave my marriage for quite a while. My ex is a very good person, but you know, at some point you know that things are not working and you feel sort of trapped. And I was a trailing spouse. My ex was the one who made money. And so you can imagine every time you move for your spouse, the trailing spouse has to reimagine themselves. Yeah, uproot your life, start yeah, over again. Yes, yes. And that was very hard. So we lived in North Florida for a while. Then we moved to the mountains of Southwest Virginia and to Roanoke, Virginia. It's a beautiful place, gorgeous mountains, beautiful place. I remember making a specific intention to be more open to the spiritual. Mm. And I don't know if it took a year or two years, I heard a voice in my head and it was a noticeable voice. It said, start a business. And I thought, where did that come from? Start a business. I'm not an entrepreneur, but I decided to listen to that voice. So I started out, what can I do? Starting over again, I can do desktop publishing. So I made a card. I joined the local chamber. I asked the chamber, can you match me up with another woman entrepreneur to kind of take me around, mentor me around? And they did. They put me with this fabulous woman who dragged me to every networking event and was my mouthpiece and introduced me to everybody. And one of those people she introduced me to was a writer for the local business journal. And my friend who was introducing me said, oh, here's Deborah, and she does desktop publishing and does writing. And the other person said, oh, the business journal is looking for writers. So I, I went and started writing. And that was 21 years ago. And I never stopped. And here I, you go. I found my, yeah. I found no. my calling by listening to that crazy voice. It didn't make any sense. You know, Deborah, I am so happy that you shared that because yeah, of course. You know, today we're here to talk about finding the right financial advisor and navigating that. But every single woman listening to this podcast has heard her voice. She's heard that voice. And mm. sometimes it's been a whisper and sometimes it's been a roar. But what you did is you listened to it. And I feel like it's a great segue for us to listen to our voice when we're interviewing financial advisors. Because that internal voice that's talking to us is usually right. Yeah. Just like your voice was. And look at you now. And for all of you listening, Deborah wrote a fantastic book. It's right on Amazon, all five star reviews called The People's Guide to Finding the Right Financial Advisor. In this really like unmasks where to look for someone that you can trust and how to really understand who is going to act in your best interest and understand the conflicts of interest that they might have understanding even you know you list the questions to ask when you're going for an interviewing an advisor but i'd love to just kick it off there i feel like are a million terms for financial advisor right. and in your book you go through them stockbroker wealth manager, financial analyst, financial planner, a million and one terms. What is a financial advisor? Right. Because of the confusion, I came up with my own definition. I love it. I'm going to read to you and I'm going to tell you why. So a financial advisor is a trained, experienced professional who helps you understand your financial options 
create a comprehensive financial plan and make the right financial decisions along the way. Expertise should include financial planning, investment management, insurance, and taxation, so that you have a whole holistic approach to your financial life. And if I may, I'd just like to unpack that a little bit. I specifically put in the words trained and experienced because Mm -hmm. anybody can print up any card and say that they're financial advisor. You could print up a card this afternoon and go and give it to someone and be a financial advisor because you don't have to have any credentials to call yourself a financial advisor. The other thing I love, in addition to experienced and trained that you spoke about, is comprehensive financial planning. Tell me about what comprehensive financial planning really is and how do you tell if an advisor is going to do that for you? The easiest way to look at the shorthand is really to see if they're a certified financial planner because you know that they, they've gone through, they've had years of experience because you can't get that designation without a certain age and that they've passed a very comprehensive test, which I know that many people have taken them <laughs> numerous times to pass it. And then you yeah. can also see what other kinds of uh, designation. Of course, like in your case, the CDFA, the Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Yeah, a certified divorce financial analyst, you know, as you speak about, is someone who really specializes in the financial tax implications of divorce. And I feel like the CFP, Certified Financial Planner, it's table stakes, right? It's what any advisor you're working with should have. But if you have a unique situation, maybe you're selling a business, maybe you're going through divorce, maybe unfortunately your spouse has passed away, making sure that they have experience working with clients just like you. And you've done such a good job really exposing the readers to all the things to think about. And back to that comprehensive financial planning, your advisor may not be a comprehensive financial planner. They may do a great job advising on your investments, managing your investment portfolio, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I encourage every woman to make sure that they're working with an advisor or hire an hourly advisor and keep your current to create that financial plan, essentially that roadmap, that picture into the future. Since I wanted to emphasize financial planning versus investment management, I bring that up because so many people, probably almost universal, you may, I would mention to a friend, really should work with a financial advisor. Oh, I don't have any money. You know, It's yeah. not about investing. It's not only about investing. And I have a great list here of things that are not investment related, such as income and expense planning, creating mm-hmm. goals, looking at your employee benefits, looking at your insurance, retirement, how much do you need if that's not fun to plan for career? Are you on the right path? Are you enjoying what you're doing? And, and you might not associate that with a financial planner, but planners, they're very plugged in especially if you look for someone who, who may be specializing in, in your area or somebody specializing in entrepreneurship, they can help you. They've got good contacts, just as business people, managing your debt. And one thing that they do is prevent you from making terrible mistakes, like co-signing a parent plus sign. Housing, should you buy or rent, planning for education, estate and tax planning, all those are, are not investment related. But our financial lives are very complex. I'm not sure that people 
appreciate that. All those pieces are so important. It's essentially anything that your dollar touches. Anything that a dollar touches, your advisor should be able to help you. And if they can't, have a resource. So you've talked a little bit about how important experiences and expertise and designations. What is the best way to make sure that your advisor has that? You know, can you go to FINRA? Like, where are the places to go to really see does that person? have the experience that either they say they do or is listed on the website? So is BrokerCheck one of my favorite places? So that's BrokerCheck. Now, is that at finra.org? Is it, That's what I'm remembering. So all of you listening, I'll put that in the show notes. It's F as in Frank, I, N as in Nancy, R as in Rabbit, A as in Apple.org. And there's a broker check. You can go right on there. You can list the investment advisor's name. You can also list the name of the company that they work with. And then there's another document that you can ask for your advisor to send to you called an ADV, A as in Apple, D as in David, V as in Victor. And that is a really helpful document. It shares everything about that person and the company, the way they charge, the experience, pretty much everything. I don't think it has their shoe size, but pretty much everything else. So those are two good resources. I believe the ADV is supposed to be done in plain English. Yes. And that's what's great. I mean, the ADV, while it has kind of a odd acronym as its name, it really is meant to be a brochure for you to have 100% transparency and insight to what this financial advisor will do, won't do, how they charge, how long they've been in business. If there's been any violations, that's really important. By law, you have to list if there's been any violations or lawsuits against them for unsavory practices by previous clients or others. So it's a really important document that I would encourage everyone to have. I know that for us, we have it as part of our follow-up from meeting with someone who's a potential client. And then the other thing is once you become a client, then it needs to be sent to you every year to make sure that, again, the company you're working with is above board and doing everything the right way that they should. Stacy, another point, we mentioned broker check and also the IAPD, the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure. So broker check is for advisors who are paid by um, both commission and fees. And the IAPD, let's see, unregistered investment advisors who are compensated only by fees. So it's it's another place to look. And also I have it in my book, the SIPC from the Securities Investor Protection Corporation. So all of you listening, especially if you're driving, don't worry. Um, We'll include these resources in the show notes so that you have that as well. So you can go and and do a check there. Now, you alluded something, Deborah, that I want to go back to because what can those people do who don't have big investment portfolios? I get that Francis Financial is not the right fit for everyone. We work with individuals who have portfolios of $2 million and above. That's a gigantic number. And there's everybody else. And I want to be a myth buster here that you don't have to have $2 million to work with a great financial advisor. 
So tell me what all, all those different options for whether someone has a dollar in their pocket or they don't. Well, the industry is starting to get better in that respect, but it, you have to look for them and you have to do a search. You know, there's no no minimum, for example, or fee only. But some of the things that I've listed in, in my book was, of course, Savvy Ladies. Yeah, so for all of you listening, you might know Savvy Ladies. I started this beautiful charity as a love letter to my grandmother a couple decades ago, two decades ago. And all of the services of Savvy Ladies are pro bono. It's a 501c3 nonprofit charity. And we work one-on-one with women and you get to work with a financial advisor. We've actually made several thousand matches over our lifetime. And this year already managed to put a thousand women in touch with certified financial planners. So it's a great resource and a great also place to learn, to educate, to start to really empower yourself with all the things you need to know as a financial advisor. So that's a great resource. If you want to do a one-on-one with an advisor and it's more of a need to work with someone one time. And that's not quite the same as a regular financial planner, but financial counseling is a related discipline. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's to really help you get started and figure out where you are, where you want to be. You know, if anyone has questions about where do I find the right financial advisor, I am always happy to jump on the phone for a few minutes to find out what are you looking for and who is the ideal planner for you? Because I know that it can be a little confusing. And so the other thing I would love to talk about is specialization. Do all financial advisors specialize and why and and how do you find out if they do what their specialization is? And that's one of the things that I tell people and they're uniformly shocked by because they don't realize that financial advisors do specialize. It's sort of like the medical profession. Mm -hmm. And I know over, over the years, I've interviewed more than a thousand people and financial advisors. And it goes everything from in your areas, divorce specialization or entrepreneurs, federal employees. I do believe I interviewed Avni years ago for an article on working with Indian Americans, Indian American mm-hmm. clients. But there's there's everything out there. So the idea is to find somebody who really understands who you are and what you're about. And for all of you, Avni is my business partner here at Francis Financial. She's been with us for over a decade and just brings a huge amount of insight. And I'm looking at all the different specializations. There are are many, many more, but just to give everybody a thought process, divorce financial advisory, that's one of our superpowers as well as working with widows. But there's also business planning specialists, faith-focused, a gender identity focus, you know, interest and hobbies. There is a financial advisor that specializes, Deborah, in working with a bass fisherman. All right. Working with bass fishermen, um, you know, planning needs, particularly for families with special needs, children, professions. uh, There are advisors that one advisor works specifically with nuclear engineers. So, yeah, and I have a list here of of sort of many of the the larger ones, Mm. such as retirees, and then pre-retiree is a specialty. Small business owners, baby boomers, physicians, yeah, individuals in a particular geographic area, 
you don't see that as much anymore, but it's, yes. it's who you are. For me personally, I prefer to work with somebody who's local, somebody I can actually go and see. When my, my mom was alive, he understood this mm-hmm. is the local system that I was dealing with. Let me see dentists. People, oh, yes, sudden money, suddenly uh, inheriting or suddenly winning the lottery. Athletes, yeah, it's unbelievable. But it, it's really important to, uh, if you're contemplating divorce, to work with somebody in, in, uh, with that expertise. And if I could mention something, I went through my divorce, we used the collaborative method. So each person has their own attorney, you stay out of courts, you sit around the table. They bring in neutral professionals to help the process move along. One of them was a financial neutral who presented different alimony options. The reason I'm bringing that up is that even though she was neutral, I employed my own financial advisor on the side to look at the numbers. I wasn't being sneaky in any way. It's just that it's a very emotional time and numbers like that can be very daunting. So it was really meant a lot to me to have my own advisor looking at the numbers because when I signed on that dotted line, and it was a complicated settlement, when I signed on that dotted line, I felt completely confident because somebody had my back. That's a great point. And one of the questions people have is when is the best time to hire a financial advisor if I'm thinking about the divorce process or going through or after. And I highly encourage individuals, the sooner they can talk to someone, the more yes. knowledge they'll get. Yes. And it also, if you're still on the fences and not really sure if a divorce is right for you, it just helps you make that decision, whatever it is, and feel more confident about it. You are starting on your own. And I remember what that was like. I had been married for 30 years and then all of a sudden you were making your own decisions. That's why you need a trusted advisor to help Mm -hmm. you stand on your own two feet. Yeah. Well, Deborah, this was absolutely wonderful and love to have everyone be able to reach out to you. What is the best way to contact you if individuals have questions? What does that look like? Well, I have the website for my book, findtherightfinancialadvisor.com. Great. So find the right financial advisor.com. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. And for all of you too that are interested in Deborah's book, as I said, it has five star reviews and it's right there on Amazon, The People's Guide to Finding the Right Financial Advisor. I started out with a large book. I set out to write down everything that was in my head and it came out to 90 pages, which I thought that's kind of a lot, but I wrote it for, for me. And then Mm. I ended up doing a 20-page version of excerpts of the most essential part. So there's two versions of the book. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll have links to absolutely both. So thank you so much for being here, Deborah. It was such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I could have kept on talking to Deborah. This is such an important topic of finding a financial advisor. And quite frankly, I feel like Wall Street makes it pretty confusing. And I'm so pleased that she was here to bring her journalistic eye and insight into this conversation, giving you the questions to ask, the resources to be able to check up on your advisor or any advisor that you're interviewing, as well as the many resources to find a financial advisor. If you are looking for a financial advisor, I do want you to feel comfortable reaching out to us. We may be the right fit, We may not, but we can talk about the value that we provide 
the people that we best serve. And if for some reason we're not the right fit, we have fantastic resources that we can give to you, guidance, support, and introductions to financial advisors and other team members that you might need, whether it might be an accountant, an estate planning attorney, or more. So please do reach out and you can email me at Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at francisfinancial.com, or you can go to the website, www.francisfinancial.com. There is a link right on the website where you can click for a free consultation with me, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you soon. Thanks for joining Financially Ever After. I'll be talking to you in two weeks.